Welcome to the Grace Baptist Church podcast, and thanks for joining us for this episode. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at Grace Baptist Church. We'd also love to connect with you online at gracekettering.org. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy the episode. Boy, we've had a good day, uh, really. It's, it's just been, been a blessing working with y'all and, and, and serving the Lord together. What a blessing that is. In our Sunday school lesson this morning, you know, just knowing that God's using you, it just, it just gives you glory bumps. Now, when he, when, when he said, how many, 1,900? When he said 1,900, how many of you kind of got a little feel good there? Why? Because you did right. And God blesses you when you do right. And, and he just encourages you. And the more you, more you do that, the more he blesses you. And, and it's, just a, it's just a vicious cycle that just it gets gooder and gooder. Forget my English, if that's what that is. C.T. Studd was a missionary. All my sermons somehow get missions in there. but uh, and, and he wrote uh, a poem. These last two lines, I, I really, or two little phrases, I, I want to read it to you because it goes along with my message tonight. Two little lines I heard one day traveling along life's busy way. Bringing conviction to my heart and from my mind would not depart. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, yes, only one. Soon will its fleeting hours be done. Then in that day, my Lord to meet and stand before his judgment seat. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And when I'm dying, how happy I'll be if the lamp of my life has been burnt out for thee. It may not be a, some might think it's not a good time to bring the message that I'm bringing. Uh, some of the best times to preach the gospel is at funerals. Because that's what's on people's mind, life and death. And we've had a, a serious situation, pastor's mom. Uh, we still don't know how it's going to turn out. Uh, she's in the Lord's hands, from what I understand, a godly woman, uh, husband, preacher, uh, loved the Lord, served the Lord all this time and everything. Pastor, of course, and his wife, uh, family goes to, to, to be with them, which they should. Thank you for allowing them to do that and allowing me to be here and, and, and preaching and everything. I thank God that he's got confidence enough in me to, to turn me loose and, uh, and let me go ahead and, and preach the word of God. But as I was thinking about this, here a while back, we saw a guy on the football field, and he, he just, his heart stopped right in the middle of the, of the game, okay? 
And it got me to thinking, what happens when a quarterback gets knocked out? Normally, what happens? Well, he wakes up, I hope. <laughs> well, what? They stop the game. They go in, and if they have to, they pick him up, and they carry him out on a John Deere. Notice they don't use farmalls and stuff like that, taking folks out. They always take a John Deere. But they take him out, and what happens? Game goes on. They just put another quarterback in there. He, he might not be as good, but they just put another one in. And the game goes on. It, it, it doesn't make any difference if you're, if you're a tight end, if you're the center on the team. It doesn't make any difference who you are. They, they'll replace you. And the game goes on. I got curious and I started checking. It takes them two hours when Kennedy was shot. Within two hours, we had a new president. Didn't stop everything. Presidents lay in their graveyard dead. Within two hours, we have a brand new president. See, the game goes on. Now, whether he's a good president or not, that's up to you. I, I'm not going to judge, but I wish we had him now. But just two hours, and the game goes on. In Hollywood and acting and things like this, what, what, do, they always, what do they always say? The show must go on. Some Somebody what may, might be the, the head actor or something. They've got somebody ready to stand in. And the show must go on. The world goes on as if nothing's happened. The game goes on, no matter if a quarterback or the center or the tight end or, or whoever the pitcher uh, He's not doing so hot, they take him out and they put somebody else in. My daddy died when, I, when he was 61. I, I was absolutely devastated. I, I was over in Spain, they flew us back and, and went to the burial. I, I, I just hadn't paid much attention to burials before. I just didn't go, I, didn't, I wasn't into burials and stuff. But, I witnessed we'd just been saved a couple months and I'd sent a letter explaining how we got saved and why we got saved and all this, that, and the other. And it disturbed me because I, I really didn't know if Dad was saved uh, or not. And that, that tore me up more than anything. But, you know, a few days later, we had to plant corn. Uh, that same day we got back, we had to go out and feed cattle. Dad, my dad, died. But the game goes on. Mom died when she was 99. She said, I, I don't want to get to 100. <laughs> she said, I want to go see Jesus, amen. 
Mom was saved. I, I know that. But I love them and I miss them. But it taught me something. The game goes on. Life goes on. Church goes on. Preacher's not here. Whether his mom ends up living or whether God brings her to himself, that's, that's his, his business. And, and the doctor's not the one that, that flips the switch. God's the one. He and he alone can turn the switch on and off. And so we've placed her in, in God's hands and no better hands to be in. But this got me to thinking. What if that was me today? What if that was me? Better yet, what if that was you? And you're laying at that hospital. You may be conscious, you may not. If you're not conscious, you're not, you're not able to make decisions and, and thinking straight and things like this. And I said, where am I in my life? And I want you to ask yourself that question tonight. Where are you in your life? Am I ready to meet God? Have I fulfilled the purpose? And they always say, well, they didn't die, so God's not done with them yet. Well, what's not God, God not done with? What's he trying to do in your life? What's he want in your life? So he's not done with me. Well, what does he want to do? And you ask most people, and they'll just he, he and haul around, and, and they, really, they really don't know. I'm talking about Christians. If I ask you point blank, stand up right now, what does God want you to do in this life? And that got me thinking. Turn to the book of James, chapter 4. James chapter 4. In James chapter 4, let's start in verse number 13. He said, Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow, uh, we will go in, into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow? For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now you rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Go to now, you rich men, weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. Your, rich, your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten, your gold and silver is cankered. And the rest of them shall be a witness against you and shall eat your flesh as if it were fire. 
You have heaped treasure together for the last days. And he goes on. You know what he's saying? Where am I in my life? What, what have I accomplished? Whereas you know not what shall be in the morrow. For what is your life? I, I, I do this constantly. While I was uh, in the pastorate, I would reevaluate myself. I shocked my deacons one day. We come into a deacons meeting and I said, I want, I want you guys to evaluate me. What am I doing? How am I doing? How's my spiritual walk? How's it? Why? None of us have arrived. When I was on the mission field, I was always re-looking at my ministry, looking and reviewing my life as an individual, looking at my family. Where am I in my life? Will there be a tomorrow? Now, pastor's mom thought there'd be a tomorrow. But that fast, God stopped her heart. Now, thank God, he started her back up. Those technicians, they think they did it. I got news for them. But what if that was me? I think I'm going to be here tomorrow. I hope I'm going to be here tomorrow. As soon as I'm done with this meeting, I'm going to go home and kiss my wife. <laughs> if you don't know, I like kissing my wife. I, just my thing. But I don't know. My heart could stop just as, as quick. I was talking to somebody this morning and, and somebody that was it uh, a friend or somebody anyway they the car the, the guy either had a heart attack or he passed out or something wasn't it brother and and he rolled the car well we don't know when these things are going to happen and so we must be ready the, the older I get the more I think I am aware of sickness the more I am aware of death. When I grew up, they said somebody died. Okay, they died. And we go on with life. I remember my grandpa died of cancer. And, and it wasn't a good deal, I guess. But I was a teenager and I really didn't, I didn't pay much attention. Now, I love grandpa. But in that teenage mentality, that's, that's not what's on our mind. That's, we we want to go out and have fun, play football, and go hunting, and, and rodeoing, and stuff like that. I mean, that, that's what was on our mind. And you, you, just, you didn't pay attention to those things. But the older I get, the more I realize how much is happening around us that is very serious. I've only been in Eaton here for three years. 
we've knocked on doors. We've covered the entire city every year. I know personally, just in three years I've been here, I've knocked on different doors, and those folks are dead. They didn't make it till the next year. Young people, middle-aged people, and old, old people. That we used to knock on their doors and give them the gospel tracts and invite them to come to church and everything. And they, they didn't, and they died. So, what if your life's over today? Your life. Not somebody sitting next to you, not your husband, not your wife. Your life. What do you have to show for your life? We look at corporations and companies and we want to see and they send out their annual, this is what we've done this year, this is what we've accomplished this year, how much money we've made this year, how many acquisitions we've made this year. Have you ever done that about your life? And taken a good look at your life? I'm 73 years old, and I still, and I am at the, in the point of reevaluating my life. Because I don't know what is going to come tomorrow. It, it, when, I, when I think about my life, do I, am I thinking about things? That, well, I've got a car. Okay, fine, it's paid off. That's wonderful. i got a house. It's paid off. I got some money in the bank. So if I die, what's that matter? Zero. That accomplishment in light of eternity equals zero. God don't care how much money we got. Nothing wrong with having money. Nothing wrong with not having money. But if that's what we're looking for, for what we've done with our life, we've accomplished nothing. We, we can think about the achievements, the education. Well, I've got all kinds of degrees. <laughs> You're surprising, I know, but... <laughs> I actually passed etiquette when I was in Bible college. Boy, that was a good one. But you can, you can achieve all kinds of degrees. And when you look at eternity, God don't care what degree you've got. You don't care how much education you have. If you have a third grade education, if you have none, or if you have a PhDs. I've got all of them. Most of the folks, they were shocked when I went out to West Coast Baptist College to teach out there. They didn't even know I had a degree. Careers. 
This is, this is what everybody, they, they've got to have a career. They've got to sacrifice for their career. They've got to, to go overtime in their career. They've got to put their money and their focus and their time. And they say, we're doing this for the kids. No, you're not for the kids. The, the kids are a secondary thing. You're doing it for yourself. And you build this career and you get there and you've lost your family. You, you, you've lost everything. You've lost your credibility. Oh, you've got a career. So where are we at in our life? Nothing wrong with careers. Nothing wrong with being good at what you do and doing it right. Should. But when we're evaluating our life, what is your life? It's even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. When we stand before God, I think of these athletes, and, and, and it's so disheartening. It really is. How many home runs do you get? Boy, I can't remember even the guy last year. Who got the, who got the most home runs last year? <laughs> Big deal. Uh, who can put the ball through this little hoop? Big March Madness now. Some of these guys, that the whole college career is to get that, that, that final four and to get the trophy and the... And then you see the, like maybe the number one team beat by a number 27 team. And there, did you see the look on the face? Those kids stand there and they're absolutely in shock. What do they have? Nothing. Nothing. All of that work, all of the years, all the sacrifice, all of that. And I'm not against sports. I like sports. But they got nothing to show for their life. Kobe snuffed out one day. Hey, Kobe, the game goes on. And they didn't stop basketball because you died. Was he good? Yes, he was good. But most of those people are reprobates. And we have our kids focused on them. We let them put the posters up in their room. That would be the day. And, and this is what we, we get the children, the kids to focus on is the athletes and, and, and the Hollywood people and all of these, you know, the rock stars and stuff like this. And what do they have when they get there? Nothing. Legacy. Your family. You can have a good legacy, but that won't get you very far in heaven. It's not going to get you a whole whole lot of rewards because you're you're you've been your your daddy happened to be this guy or your mama happened to be this lady and and they might get, be good people, but having a good legacy doesn't doesn't get you anywhere. And this is where everybody is focused on all of these things. And I'm talking about Christians. Now, where are you right now in your life? 
People are going to remember us for a while when we die. But I don't know about you, but I don't think too many folks are going to write a book about me. So they're probably not going to remember us very long. Well, our family will remember us for a while. But do you remember your great uncle? Do you remember your, your great, great grandma? You've heard the name. That's about all you know. See, even your family's going to forget. So what is your life? What do we have at the end? You've heard it say that you can't take it with you. Well, God says where your treasure is, there's, there's your heart also. So what can you take with you? The first thing is obvious for Christians, your soul. And that's why God said you make sure you're saved. It's not the preacher's job to make sure you're saved. It's your job. Uh, that's why he said examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith. I don't care if, I, if I've been saved 100 years. I still, I want to go back and I, and I want to think this thing through. Lord, on September 21st, I remember getting on my knees before you and saying, crying out and saying, oh God, I need to be saved. I need a Savior. I need Jesus. But since then, what do we have? 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That everyone, everyone, not one of us is exempt. I'm not exempt. Your preacher's not exempt. You're not exempt. Everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath what? Done. God expects his children to do something. He expects us to do something with our life. He expects us to to be productive. And God says, I'm going to hold you accountable for what you do or you don't do. Now, he goes on and he says, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord. Remember that fear of the Lord we talked about this morning? The fear of the Lord is real and God said that's a beginning of wisdom and, and, and that's the key in our life that we would live in the fear of the Lord. It's, an, it, it, it's not a, you know, I'm waiting for him to hit me. No, no, no. It's, it's that, that super respect, that, that standing in awe, knowing that he is all-powerful, knowing that I am nothing, I must rely on him. I must trust in him. But he says, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we do what? Persuade men. So our soul is the first thing I'm, I'm going to be worried about. Because I can take my soul to heaven. It's going with me. But now think about the others. What else can you take? You can't take your baseball scholarship. You can't take your, 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 the ribbons you won at the county fair for cooking. The only thing you can take is your soul and those that you have influenced. And every one of us influences souls. Some for the good, 
some for the bad. Some in young people, some in old people. But we all influence people. You influence your neighbors every time you get in that car and go to church. Uh, they may not know exactly what you're doing, and they may not care, but they see you going to church, and God, I guarantee you the Spirit of God touches their heart. Uh, you go into a bar. You may not go in there to drink, but you go into a bar even to tell that guy that's running the bar about Jesus, and your neighbor sees you go in the bar, you have influenced them. So I'm going to wait till he comes out of the bar before I witness to him. Amen. There's a lot of things I don't do that I could do because of the testimony. When you look at Christians, go back about 40 years, 50 years. There was a reverence for God. We've lost it. We've lost our fear of God. And we got, we've got to get back to that. Our testimony. I, I teach our Africans, the greatest thing you have outside of your salvation is your testimony. That is the most powerful tool you have. Is to be a witness through your testimony. Every one of us have a testimony. And God's going to hold us accountable for these things. I want you to think about eternity. I want you to think about souls. In 2 Corinthians 13, 5, he said, Examine yourselves whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates? If he's in me, I'm not taking Jesus in the bar. I'm not taking Jesus to an affair. I'm not taking Jesus to the dope den. It's a whole different mentality when we realize Jesus lives in us and other people are watching everything we do. That's one of the things that, was, that really was so hard for my wife, uh, for me as well, but more for my wife because in Africa... I don't know if you noticed, but there's a whole lot of black people in Africa. There is. And I'm not black. And everywhere, we're the only white folks in, in our town. Wherever we go, every eye was watching us. You couldn't pick your nose without somebody seeing it. I mean, you, you couldn't do anything. And, 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 and I would, I would let, she'd go in the market and I'd come in a little bit later and I'd watch. And, and every one of them, the ladies, they want to see how she dresses. They want to see where she's going. They want to see what she buys. Want to see her attitude, how she speaks to people, how she negotiates, all of this stuff. And the men, they're doing a whole different thing, but they're watching. And every when you have somebody just start looking at you and you, they just look at you and they're seeing your eyes and your ears and your nose and your mouth and your glasses and, 
and they just keep looking at it. We've have, we have people walk up to our door. We're standing, sitting in the car. And they'll come up there, and they'll stand this far from the car, and they'll just look through the window. We influence people much more than we think we do. And you have people here. Have you ever went to Walmart? What do you see when you go to Walmart? Do you, do you think they're not watching you the way you're watching the other people? See, they see you too. And they may think I'm a little weird. That's okay, but you know. So who am I reaching for Christ? We persuade men. You know, giving a gospel track is, is good. If you don't carry them, you have no intention of giving them out. I want that to sink in. If you're not going to carry them, you have no intention of witnessing. That should... Right, right off the bat. Who are we influencing? Where are we in our life? Are we to the point that God would really say, well done. Thou good and faithful servant. Think about eternity, not just the souls, and, and, and thinking about the influence, who you're influenced, but, but also think about every game the Royals were playing. I, that's, that's my baseball team just because I was from Kansas. I'm just, I'm just loyal that way. <laughs> they ain't worth nothing, but... You know, they played today. And by now, the game's over. The, the final four coming up here, after so many minutes, the game is over. The Super Bowl, after Kansas City whipped them, the game was over. Listen to me. Your life is going to be over. I don't know when. Only God does. Preacher's wife or preacher's mother, her life may be over. He may give her more years. But one of these days, the game stops. Now, where is our life? What are we going to take into eternity? In my, I've got my prayer sheet every day. I've, I've built my own thing because I didn't like all the Internet things they have and all the junk so I made my own prayer sheets and, I, and my family and the missionaries and the, 
and the churches and all the ch every church member in our in our church we pray for them and and different people and all the situation and everything but right at the top on every page God what is your will for me today and how can I please you I got up this morning, I knew God's will was for me to come and preach here at this church. God, how can I please you? I, I want to behave myself. I want to honor you. I mean, we had a wonderful time at lunch. I'm telling you, we had a great conversation and, and, and just, and then afterwards, and, and I took a little nap and I went through my notes and I you know, talked to my wife and all of these things, everything I do, I want it to be in the will of God. Because I want to please Him every day. If I please Him today, when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to be in the center of God's will. And I'm going to be doing what He wants me to do. And as I ask for Him for my marching orders that day, and He tells me what to do, what to please Him, and what to what he wants me to do, and it might, it's going to go against my, some of my schedule. <laughs> so I adjust my schedule. Because when I come before him at that judgment seat, above everything I want him to say, well done. Thou good and faithful servant. What do I have to offer him? I... I try to do my best in preaching. I try to do my best in counseling and encouraging people. And had some young men, teenagers, come to me and say, would you, would you just teach us about missions? So every, every week I meet with these teenagers. It's their idea, not mine. And I, and I teach them. I'm teaching online classes in college and trying to teach people. And whatever I can do to influence people for Jesus Christ for what is your life it's even a vapor it appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away and I have to ask myself where am I in my life would you seriously ask yourself that? I don't care how old you are, how young you are. It doesn't make any difference. I want my life, the rest of my life, I probably only have, if statistics are right, I may have 10, 12 years left. But no guarantee. So I want the rest of my life not to be sitting around just drinking coffee. I like coffee. <laughs> but I want my life to count for God. I want to, to please him. I want to be able to give all of this as an offering to my Savior. Look at all what he did for me and what he did for you. Let's evaluate our life. And say, God, where am I? What am I going to take with me? 
And if not, if we don't have anything, you, you can't go back and, 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 and take care of spilt milk. It's, it's spilled. But you can start from today and go forward. And that's what God wants us to do. It said in 1 Corinthians 9, 16, For necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. First of all, are you saved? So I'm a member of this church. That don't make no difference. Are you saved? Evaluate yourself on that. Am I serving the Lord? Am I influencing other people? Evaluate. How am I influencing? You influence people tonight just by being here and stuffing those things. It was encouragement to me watching, watching everybody. We had a good time over there, didn't we? <laughs> it was a blast serving the Lord. You were an encouragement to me. I'm going to go back to my church and I'm going to tell them about all those folks that came out and stuffing all them envelopes and laughing and having a good time and talking about the weather and everything else. You influence people by everything you do. How's your life? Are you ready to meet the Lord? Father, by your help, I believe I could speak for most everyone here that we want to please you. And Lord, by your help, we're going to try to be that witness and influencing people for Jesus Christ. Help us to be honest and look and see areas where we can do more. Lord, where we need to back off on certain things that we're just kind of spinning our wheels and wasting time on things and that really aren't that important. I pray, God, that you would just speak to each heart tonight. Again, we bring pastor to the throne. Lord, comfort him, his family, give them wisdom and decisions and things they must make. Be with pastor's mama. We know that you, you're there with her. And Lord, that you're working in ways that the doctors and other people have no idea. It may be that one of those doctors need to know about Jesus Christ. And you've brought her to this point for that very reason. That she might influence people, even in a serious difficulty like this, that she might influence somebody to bring them to Jesus Christ. Help us to take an evaluation of our life. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To learn more about Grace Baptist or how to have eternal life, visit gracekettering.org. And remember, you are always welcome at Grace Baptist Church.